MSW Media. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Monday, March 7th, 2022. Today, John Eastman is denied a continuance in his motion he filed in response to an explosive filing from the January 6th committee that says he and Donald Trump committed federal crimes. WNBA star center Brittany Griner has been detained in Russia. Mark Meadows may have committed some light treason. Well, voter fraud. And Melania Trump's grifty fundraiser has been canceled. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Woo, welcome back, Dana. Did you feel all that energy? That's what happens when you have vacation for a week. Then I have vacation for a week because you're on vacation for a week. I did. And this time when I was on vacation, the January 6th committee came with it, with their filing. uh, They sure did. Opposing attorney-client and work-product privilege, but also saying that Donald Trump and John Eastman committed a lot of crimes. So I'm going to talk about that. And we're also going to be talking with Sandy and Lonnie Phillips later in the show. They're the founders of SurvivorsEmpowered.org that provides a safe place to land for those whose lives have been forever changed by gun violence. Just incredible people. And uh, I'm so excited that that you're back, that we're back together again. Together again. All the tweets saying you missed us in your ears. You're welcome. (laughs) Here we are. We're back. Uh, So let's do this. Let's get the show started. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. This is pretty fun. Trump lawyer John Eastman is in a boatload of trouble and I get to say beans come true, but nobody heard my beans because, but you know, by the time I had recorded the, the, the Daily Beans episode for Friday, that John Eastman filing had not yet come out and the judge hadn't yet ruled on John Eastman's filing. But during the Friday happy hour, and I'll get audio of it because I feel like I have to prove that I actually said this, <laughs> the filing... It, The response from the January 6th committee and the judge's ruling is word for word what I said would happen and what I was thinking when I read that John Eastman filing. So basically, we're all aware right now of the bombshell filing in the case of his Chapman University emails that sought to deny his claims of attorney client and work product privilege for seven reasons, one of which is crime fraud exception, uh, where the, the House legal counsel, Doug Letter, says, They have good faith evidence that his communications were in the furtherance of committing crimes, specifically 18 U.S. Code 371 and 18 U.S. Code 1512 C2, which I've been saying, which Barb McQuaid put out in a in a mock mock up of of an indictment for them last week. And we talked about that with Barb on the show. And I went over those seven reasons that, you know, the judge should deny attorney client work product privilege on Friday's Daily Beans pod. Uh, and those seven reasons, the crimes was just one of them. Another one was fraud. They they have good faith evidence that they, they committed common law fraud, him and all of his associates, Trump and his associates. Trump told, well, Eastman said Trump told him to talk about all this stuff. And when you talk about it publicly on a podcast, which he did, you waive the privilege. Absolutely. And he also third party. So that's one, two, three, third party. He he sent it to a bunch of third parties who were not lawyers and were not representatives. He didn't have a signed engagement agreement. You know, if you 
are going to be represented by a lawyer. You have to have a signed agreement saying I, you're my lawyer and you're representing me in these matters. And that's what gives you that umbrella of confidentiality. They didn't have that. They asked for months for that. And he never handed it over. It, he finally gave him like a typed up thing that said, I represent the Trump campaign Inc. or something. <laughs> and no, there were no signatures on it. So there were just a million reasons. And the crime was only one. So when when Eastman filed his ridiculous motion for a continuance, because this this hearing is March 8th on this, which is tomorrow, he wanted more time. And he also demanded that exculpatory information be given. He's like, hey, look, you guys, these aren't complete, um, you know, uh, transcripts of the interviews. These are only certain pages. And, and I am, you know, because of my, you know, the Brady thing, I'm supposed to get all the evidence and they need to hand over any exculpatory evidence. And I was reading that like, this isn't a fucking indictment, dude. This is a motion to, you know, say that your attorney client and work product privilege is is BS. (laughs) Chill out, dude. You're overcorrecting. You can't get discovery out of a civil thing. And sure enough, that's exactly what the January 6th committee argued in their response. And sure enough, that's exactly what the judge said. Like, cool your tutors, dude. You're not being charged with a crime. And he just said the most ridiculous stuff. I'm going to go over those filings in detail with Andrew Torres on Clean Up on All 45 this week. And I, you know, I, I just want to make sure that everybody knows that when we record that episode of Clean Up on Aisle 45 on Monday, that will be before the hearing on Tuesday. So we won't have the hearing information, but I'm going to cover the hearing here on the beans on Wednesday. So there we go. There you go. Then you're going to have everything you need Wednesday on the beans. Make sure you listen. Now, this next story, Russia said on Saturday that it had detained an American basketball player later identified as this Phoenix Mercury Center, Brittany Griner. And this was on drug charges, entangling a U.S. citizen's fate in the dangerous confrontation between Russia and the West over Ukraine. So the Russian Federal Customs Service said its officials had detained the player after finding vape cartridges that contain hashish oil in a luggage at the... Sh- oh, you're going to have to help me here. Sheremetyevo Sh- uh, Airport near Moscow, maybe? Thank you, Sheremetyevo. There we go. Airport. I apologize to any Russians listening that I just butchered that airport, but in Moscow, and it released. They released a video of a traveler going through airport security who appeared to be Griner. Now, The Customs Service did not release the player's name at that time, but the Russian news agency TASS, citing a law enforcement source, identified the player as Griner. And uh, for those of you that don't know, she's a seven-time WNBA All-Star Center for the Mercury, the Phoenix Mercury. She's also an Olympic gold medalist, and she's been playing in Russia for a few years. Okay, on and off, because they don't make any fucking money in the United States. We'll we'll get there. Okay, in a a statement, (laughs) Griner's agent, Lindsay Colas, she did not dispute the reports her client was detained. Quote, we are aware of the situation with Brittany Griner in Russia and are in close contact with her, her legal representation in Russia, her family, her teams, and the WNBA and the NBA. Now, also on Saturday, AG, the State Department, which for weeks had warned Americans against traveling to Russia, they actually recently updated an advisory urging U.S. citizens to leave the country immediately, citing the invasion in Ukraine, the, quote, potential for harassment against U.S. citizens by Russian government security officials and the limited ability of the U.S. embassy in Moscow to assist American citizens in this country. Get the fuck out. Yeah. Uh, Russia, leave if you are able. That's the thing. It's the whole if you're able, you know. But yeah, Putin is the bad guy here. This is all him. And from Charles Bethia at The New Yorker. And, you know, 
we talk about there was no voter fraud in the 2020 election. There was, but on the Republican side. So, Whoopsie. yeah, former Trump chief of staff Mark Meadows became active in local Republican politics and in 2012 ran for Congress and won back in the day, going on to represent North Carolina's 11th district until March 2020 when he resigned his seat to become Trump's chief of staff. Earlier that month, by the way, in 2020 March, he sold his 2,200 square foot home in Sapphire. He and his wife, Debbie, also had a condo in Virginia near D.C. But as the summer passed and the election neared, Meadows had not yet purchased a new residence in what had been his home state. On September 19th, back in 2012, I think, about three weeks before North Carolina voter registration deadline for the general election, Meadows filed his paperwork. And on a line asking for his residential address where you physically live, it says, the form instructs to put where you physically live, Meadows wrote down the address of a 14 by 62 foot mobile home Interesting. In, Sc- in Scaly Mountain. He listed his move in date for the address as the next day. So he wasn't even living there. And he never did, by the way. Uh, Meadows doesn't own the Meadows doesn't own the property either. And he never has. Lord. It's not clear that he's even spent a single night there. He didn't respond to a request for comment from The New Yorker. The previous owner who asked that we not use her name now lives in Florida. Quote, that was just a summer home, she told me when I called her up the other day. She seemed surprised to learn that the residence was listed on the Meadows's forms. The property sits in the southern Appalachian Mountains at about 4,000 feet in the bend of a quiet road above a creek in Macon County. She and her husband bought it in 1985. We'd come up there for three to four months while my husband was alive, she said. Her husband died several years ago, and the house sat mostly unused for some time afterward because she had nobody to go up there with anymore. So did Meadows potentially commit voter fraud by listing the Scaly Mountain address on his registration form? Well, it's a federal crime to provide false information to register to vote in a federal election. Under Trump, the White House website posted a document produced by the Conservative Heritage Foundation intended to present a sampling of long and unfortunate history of election fraud in the U.S. And many of the cases sampled involve people who registered to vote at false addresses, including, for instance, second homes that didn't serve as the person's primary residence. <laughs> hmm. Another problem with this registration, also connected to the address, you can't claim to live somewhere you haven't lived yet. And yet Meadows listed his move-in date as the day after he signed and dated the form. So in theory, that could just invalidate the registration. It, you know, and given that a woman was just sentenced to six years. Seriously. A black woman, yes, by the way. Yes, there's, an, there's a difference. So, I'm sure you could have guessed it if you're listening. Yeah, so my guess is Mark Meadows won't face any problems for this. Because, uh, you know... He's a rich white guy. And it reminds me of Josh Hawley using his sister's address in Missouri to establish residency and and register to vote at her address. So there's, yeah, a ton of voter fraud, Dana, on the the Republican Republican side. side. I think there was like three people in the Trump family that either accidentally voted, like uh, Tiffany was registered in two different states. I think Trump actually did something. There was a lot. There was a lot going on. Well, he voted by mail, but he was like slamming vote by mail. Yes. And, And you have something for me, do you not? I do. I have a present for you. A welcome back gift. It's a little schadenfreude. Schadenfreude. Yes, you did. Now, everyone, remember the story we reported on? Melania's Florida hides a charity event raising cryptocurrency for foster children? Yeah, if any of that sounds like bullshit, uh, and and we we reported that she didn't uh, register properly, well, it's been called off after state regulators there concluded that the company working with the former first lady to organize the charitable event for the orphans 
had not properly registered to solicit contributions. Oh, interesting. Now, Mrs. Trump, I'm sure she hates being called that, has announced, she had announced in late January, plans for what she calls tulips and topiaries, a gathering at an undisclosed location in Naples, Florida, that would feature an elaborate flower garden and in tulips, which is fucking hilarious because you saw what she did to the White House garden. So I'm not sure what that would have looked like. And she stole them all from the White House Rose Garden. Yes. And they're, they're, they're at the residence in Naples, Florida. And, and I quote, delicious hors d'oeuvres alongside tea and bubbles. Don't know what kind of bubbles. I'm assuming champagne could be a bath. Tickets were put on sale for as much as $50,000 for a VIP table with the money, she said, slated to provide scholarships to children emerging from foster care. Now, the, the WIP fundraising, a consulting firm that helped organize the event, well, they only registered as required by the state in recent days after Florida officials began investigating the matter. Huh. It's almost like registering your house in another state and moving in the next day. Uh, Florida... <laughs> requires certain organizations that ask for charitable donations among Florida residents to first file with the state, and then you report how the money will be spent. Now, Ms. Moffitt said the event planned for April 9th had been canceled and that the money that had been raised through ticket sales would be forwarded to a nonprofit group called Gen Justice, hmm, that is registered in Florida as a charity and helps foster children. I would like to know how long it's been registered and who it was registered by. I'm just saying... Don't know. Well, these are the good guys, right? Okay. They're like, they're like, all right, we're actually going to take whatever money you've raised and give it to an actual. Oh, charity good. Okay, I thought they were determining which organization it went to. Thank you for clearing yeah, that up. Whew. Yeah, because that would be fun, right? Well, why don't you just tell us where you'd like us to send the money? Yeah. Right. Absolutely. Now, Ag, with that all said and done, the state's investigation into the matter has been closed, and there will be no charity for the orphans in Florida that would have never gotten the money anyway. Well, I don't really care. Do you? No, I don't. I mean, I care about the orphans. Don't give a shit about yes. Melania. Yeah, she couldn't rip off the, the people for uh, in the name Ugh, of foster children. They're so gross. They're all so gross. I know. They, they aren't allowed to operate charities in New York. And if they had registered for anything in Florida, I'd be like, nope. Nah, bro. We've mm -hmm. seen what you do with charities. Yep. No, we're good. We're all set here in Florida. We're already fucked with, you know, DeSantis. So. No, we're going to find out Charity's actually another porn star. He paid $150,000 off not to tell anybody they slept together. <laughs> uh, the <laughs> money's going the money to money charity. To charity. <laughs> <laughs> Who's charity? <laughs> awesome. All right, everybody, uh, stick around. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll be back with the Phillips. And, and we're going to talk about their organization. really incredible, the, the work that they're doing. And then uh, we'll be back with the good news on the other side. Stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG. And The Daily Beans today is brought to you by Helix Sleep. We all know how important a good night's rest is. Tossing and turning all night and then feeling drowsy and worn out all day is the worst. I used to struggle with insomnia and anxiety. And at first, I thought it was from stress. That was a little bit of it. But actually... It was my old mattress. It was clearly made for someone else. But Helix Sleep came to the rescue. They have a Helix mattress to fit every sleeping style and body type. You can use Helix's quick online sleep quiz at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans to find out which mattress is perfect for you. And you can choose from a wide array of mattresses, from soft, medium, to firm, to those that regulate your body temperature, and those that align your spine. And they even have a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. The Helix Midnight Bed is just what I was looking for because I'm a side sleeper and I prefer a medium-firm mattress, so it's perfect. And thanks to Helix, I fall asleep fast, I sleep throughout the night, and I wake up feeling refreshed and alert. 
Helix has over 12,000 five-star reviews, and they were awarded number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine also recommend Helix to improve sleep. They have a 10-year warranty. You get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free, and if you don't love it, they'll pick it up and give you a full refund, no questions asked. They even have financing options and flexible payment plans, so a great night's sleep is never far away. Right now, Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash dailybeans. That's helixsleep, H-E-L-I-X, sleep.com slash dailybeans for up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows. Welcome back, everybody. I'm honored to be joined today by the founders of Survivors Empowered, a soft place to land after your life has been forever changed by gun violence. Please welcome Sandy and Lonnie Phillips. Hello. Hello, and thank you for having us. I'm so excited to talk to you both because this organization, Survivors Empowered, I think is doing such important work. Can you tell me and the listeners a little bit about Survivors Empowered and what the mission is? Well, our mission is to reach out to as many survivors as possible across this uh, country of ours who have been affected by gun violence. And um, it's a club nobody wants to belong to. Mm. It's a, a, a club that you can't resign from. And it's a lifetime membership. So several years ago when we started Survivors Empowered, it was because we had attended the trial of the murderer of our daughter in um, Colorado at the the Batman movie theater massacre. And um, seeing the survivors day after day, hearing their stories day after day, really spoke to both of us. And uh, just a few years before that, five months after our shooting in 2012, Sandy Hook happened. And we, that was our first rapid response that we did. And um, seeing the faces, the shock, the disbelief on the parents as they walked into the room that we were meeting them in um, made us both realize that that's the way we had looked five months earlier, number one. And we didn't have anyone to reach out to, to hold a hand or to guide us through uh, that process, that initial process. And we knew we could help these people. And we started that night and we haven't stopped since. So uh, that's our mission is to provide uh, services, resources, um, mindfulness classes for specifically designed for gun violence survivors and then, of course, to to connect with them across the country and connect them with other grassroots organizations in their state in case they want to become involved politically or uh, become advocates in any way. That's so amazing to use your knowledge that that, you know, that is just it's so like you said, an unfortunate club to belong to. But you use that to help other people is, is truly incredible. And and speaking of that grassroots organization and, and and the efforts from Survivors Empowered, can you talk a little bit about your Honor with Action Tour? Uh, the Honor with Action Tour, we chose that word, that phrase, because we hear a lot of things from politicians and, and uh, well-wishers. Uh, they have our thoughts and prayers. Uh, but, you know, we need more than that at this point. Thoughts and prayers is not cutting it with us. And any of the survivors that I know uh, just doesn't seem to help. What we really need is them to honor us with their action, their action in Congress. They need to pass something through Congress uh, that will help survivors at the national level, like background checks, which 96 percent of all gun owners are in favor of. 
But for some reason, we haven't been able to do that. So we're picked this time to tour. It's the 10-year anniversary of our daughter's death. We're going to start. We started in uh, San Diego last week. We uh, raised $5,000, and we found out doing the math that when we pull our trailer behind our rig, we, we get five miles to the gallon of diesel. It takes 100 gallons of diesel to fill a 20-gallon tank. So when you figure that out, uh, it's one mile, cost us one dollar. So a kickoff in San Diego, we raised uh, 5,000 miles of the trip, and which made us very happy. We got a little news coverage on what we're doing, and we're uh, we're on our way uh, for to land in. We're going to land in Colorado in July. We're going to spend a month in July talking about the 10-year. The decade has been since our daughter was murdered in the theater in Aurora. And we haven't been able to get any national laws, federal laws passed in over 25 years. So we're shining a light on that. We're shining a light on uh, the, the laws in whatever state we're in. Um, we plan on hitting 20 states and 22 cities, 2022. And just encourage people to uh, understand what it's like to be a survivor of gun violence in this country and how hard just the day-to-day activities are for most of us. And it doesn't matter if it's been five days, five years, 15 years, 10 years for us. Um, we know people in this in this movement who have been survivors for 30 years and their trauma is still as real today as it was then. They've just learned how to manage it. And that's what our mindfulness classes help help to do. Yeah. And and hopefully the hopefully the grip that the NRA has on our Congress people is loosening, perhaps finally, which m- might allow for for some of this grassroots effort and impact to to make make a difference in Congress. And talk about this is uh, truly incredible. You are uh, collaborating with Gabby Giffords, who who we're all very familiar with on a survivor's toolkit. Can you talk a little bit about more details about about that toolkit and, and what's in it and how it can be utilized? We are so proud of this toolkit. We actually pitched this idea to another um, gun violence prevention group years ago, like nine years ago, and they didn't see any need for it. And that that told my husband and I right there that Okay, some some of these groups really aren't out there caring much about survivors, um, caring, I think, sometimes more about fundraising than they do about the people that they're supposed to be serving. So we sat on it for a while, knew it was something we wanted to do, but it's just my husband and I and some volunteers that work for us, and that's it. So we didn't have the bandwidth to do it the way that we wanted to do it. And um, we were consulting with Giffords and they mentioned they were interested in doing something like this. So it was the perfect marriage. And uh, we have a lot of respect and admiration for Gabby. She is our kind of the national survivor that everybody knows and everyone relates to because she's such a kind hearted, kind person. And the first time we met Gabby, it was actually at the White House. And she was still uh, early in her recovery. And I remember telling her that my daughter had had uh, one of her wounds. She had six wounds, but 
the one was a headshot that killed her. It, it, it took her brain. And um, talking to Gabby about her head injury and my daughter's head injury and how glad I was to see someone with that type of injury come back uh, so strong. And to see her today, uh, since we've known her from kind of the beginning, to see how strong she has recovered and how hard she works every day on her recovery. It's absolutely inspiring. Um, and, and we just, we just adore her and, and her husband and her organization. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And so, you know, this toolkit, you know, covering emotional needs and then also getting involved to prevent these types of, of tragedies. I think it's just so important. Sometimes we we know that people will never become involved politically, and that's perfectly okay. That's their decision. Some have the tools in which to do that, and some don't. But what we found over the 10 years that we've been involved in this is that a lot of people don't know where to begin, or they get involved with the wrong organization and end up being traumatized, re-traumatized again. So it's it's a way to say, you know, let's take care of yourself first. These are the things that are going to happen to you that we have seen happen repeatedly. Um, these are the, 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 the tools that you can use to help with your PTSD and your anxiety and the sleeplessness and all the things that all of us go through that are survivors. And then give them the ability, if they're interested, to get involved in, in what that's like and how to educate yourself. So my wife mentioned that it was only five months after our tragedy that Sandy Hook happened, but she didn't mention that there was a lot of other mass shooters in between that yes. that happened that just got lost in the in all the mass shootings. But in that five month period, we learned a lot that we didn't know and that we wish we had had a toolkit. So the first thing we found out that there were people out there that would call our daughter an actor and those actors that we were we were only staging that mass murder, so we give the opportunity for the government to come in and seize our guns. And that he had our address of our son, and he had a gun, and he was going to come find him in Texas and kill him. That's the first thing we ran into, which we never even dreamed existed. And it continues to this day to the point that Sandy Hook finally got a lawsuit through that, through the placa law that actually punished someone for doing that to the tune of $73 million when the Sandy Hook families finally won their lawsuit against Remington Arms. Through marketing, their marketing tax. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing we found out was that there's a lot of organizations out there that collect money on with the faces of your dead children have no intention of giving you the money. We had to go to the press twice to have press conferences that a huge organization in Denver called Community First, which bought and sold hospitals, they're so powerful, decided they were going to keep the $5 million and distribute it amongst all of the charities in Denver. Well, when we found out, we didn't think that was fair, that we weren't going to get any of it, since everybody that gave the money specifically said they wanted to give it to the families. And they specifically told us if we wanted to get the money, we should start our own charity. So that was kind of upsetting. And we told Sandy Hook families that that would happen. And sure enough, it yeah. did happen. And so did the, uh, well, they found out, of course, right away about the conspiracy theorists because they were the ones that caught the worst of it. 
So yeah, that they were happy to learn that. And the fact that all mass shootings are not the same, but it just so happened that their mass shooter studied our mass shooter and learned from him. So that's one of the things that we learned. That's never anything's been done about it. So, and then we learned how the trauma affects everyone. And then we got involved in trauma and found out that that's one of the best way we could help the survivors. Yeah. Well, you're doing amazing work. And uh, I'd like to ask you how listeners can support the work that you're doing. Can you tell them where to find and support? Absolutely. Survivors Empowered. We welcome all donations of any amount. Um, like he said, a dollar gets us some, you know, a, a dollar, our tank full pulling our rig. We've been living in an RV for seven years now. So um, this is full-time living for us. Whole another reason that we live like that now, but uh, we're very uh, grateful that we can get around and meet so many people across this country via pulling this rig, but it does cost money. So uh, any every penny helps, as they say. So we welcome it all. And they can go to survivorsempowered.org. That's our website. And we have a donation page right there. So we, we welcome it anytime. And speaking of donations, uh, we are nonpartisan. We were Republicans when this happened to us. Of course, we found out that uh, we don't vote Republican anymore. But all survivors, Republicans and Democrats, we help them all, and we welcome money from all for us to help those people that have been neglected by our society. Remember that everyone that's killed in America by a gun, there are two that are wounded, left wounded, most of them severely. So they're the ones that really need our help and recognition, and that's what this money is going to, to uh, help them uplift themselves and help them get uh, a better lease on on their life after they've been affected by gun violence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And when we talk about the extremely high percentage of Americans who are for common sense gun laws, we're talking about both Democrats and Republicans and independents and people who are not affiliated with politics. So thank you so much for all the work you're doing, everyone at survivorsempowered.org. Head over there, see how you can help today. And Sandy and Lonnie Phillips, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you for speaking with me. Allison, thank you for inviting us. All right, everybody, stick around. We'll be right back. Hello, I'm Jeff Stein. And I'm Jean Meserve. Together, we host the Spy Talk podcast. Every week, we delve into the worlds of intelligence, foreign policy, military operations, and the intersection of all three in national security issues. Spycraft, cybersecurity, violent extremism, whether at home or abroad, technology's impact on intelligence gathering. We cover it all and much more. We interview former spooks, military officers, government officials, journalists, and national security researchers, leveraging our backgrounds in military intelligence and homeland security, along with our decades of experience as journalists and news organizations like Newsweek, The Washington Post, and CNN. So join us every Thursday for a new episode of Spy Talk, available wherever you get your podcasts. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we'll float on good news is on the way. Yay, I'm happy to have the good news back. We need it. We need it today. Oh, my goodness. We do. Monday good news is always great. So um, 
I'm going to dive in here with a quick uh, submission from Mary, pronouns she and her. And if you want to be like Mary and you want to send in your, your good news, confessions, corrections, photos, what the mutt, whoopee stories, whatever you want to send in, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Mary says, hi, AG and Dana. I hope you enjoyed your week off. I just want to say thank you for your interview with Kelly Pollock on Wednesday, March 2nd's episode. I've started listening to her Unsung History podcast and I really enjoy it. Well, thanks, Mary. I'm glad. Wonderful. Yeah, keep yeah, going. I'll go ahead keep and, going. I'll go ahead and, and drop this one from Liz here, pronouns she and her. Liz says, a few months ago, I joined a travel Facebook group called Host a Sister, global community of women to connect around the world during their travels. Cool. Lots of extra bedrooms and meetings for coffee and wine or an extra room, female-focused and safe, until the invasion of Ukraine. From day one, there have been thousands of postings of housings for anyone who makes it to the border, including offers of airfare to Australia from any European airport you can get to. Lots of people who will drive to Poland to pick people up. There were so many offers. There is now a Google Doc to organize it all. And if you need help, what do you need? A room, visa, info, food, etc. Then a separate list for what you can offer. It's the best of our world. I hope this somehow ends soon. Our pod pick is Charlie, my rescue, aged 15, Bichon Mix. Look at Charlie. I know Charlie is so cute. And man, this is amazing. You know, I had heard that um, when this happened, people booked Airbnbs in Ukraine uh, just to send them the money. And it was like, I think millions of dollars got into the mm-hmm. got into the system because of it. Liz, thank you so much for the story. I am so happy that you are a part of that group and that you know about this to share with us. That's awesome. Yeah, and in Poland too, people are booking... You know, because a lot of people in Poland are giving away their Airbnbs right. uh, to to refugees from from Ukraine, but people are paying for them. People are going in and giving them the money for it. Amazing. I think that's amazing. Ah, yeah. oh, it is. All right. This is from Mike pronouncing and him. Hello, Beans Crew. I love you all. I've been listening for a few years now and I've made you a part of my morning routine. I'll keep this short-ish. Over the last six plus months, my job has become increasingly emotionally and mentally draining. Between management not caring for their employees, seemingly not caring about the condition of the machines in my department, I'm a machinist by trade, and being underpaid for the work, I'd finally had enough. I set out to find a new job. Well, two weeks ago, I had one of the best interviews I've ever had. I got a job offer that completely blew me away with how significantly higher the pay will be as compared to my current job. I start my new job on the 21st. Thanks for everything you do. Attached for pod pet tax is a picture of me with Ember the Black, a shadow mage from North Northrend. Oh, that's a big kitty. Congrats, dude. Yeah, everybody, 3.8% unemployment right now. If you don't like your job, start looking for another one. Seriously. No, that's a great People message, are paying. People are paying a lot, and there's a lot out there. Nice job. So, yay. Well done. Congrats. And love the kitty. Next up from Ashley, pronoun she and her. Beans. Yes. <laughs> I just learned of an incredible charity that falls in line with your call to makers. Knit the Rainbow at knittherainbow.org. Provides handmade knit or crochet winter gear items to homeless LGBTQ plus teens and young adults in New York City. That's awesome. They have already stopped collecting items for this winter, but they do have a fundraising goal of $5,000 for the year. When they are gathering garments, they accept knit crochet socks, mittens, beanies, ear warmers, scarves, shawls, etc. They've also partnered with Give Back Box to make it easier to send donations. And those in the fiber art community know the term stash busting, where you utilize leftover bits and pieces of yarn to make something. I know how I'll be busting mine this year in preparation for them to accept items again. 
For PicTax, a picture of one of my current projects. The pattern is called Asteria Mandala. And I true I think Asteria Mandala. And I, I truly cannot believe something this beautiful came out of my hands. Aww. It can be found at love underscore Ashley, A-S-H-L-I-E underscore on Instagram. So love underscore Ashley underscore. And that's where she posts her crochet. That's oh, beautiful. Wow. That's awesome. God, that's intricate. I know. Wow, that's so cool. Well done. Thank you. All right, this is from Steve. No pronouns given. Hello, Beans team. I'm a, Cana- I'm a Canadian observer watching with concern and dismay as America struggles with right-wing extremism and autocracy. I'm writing to thank you for your excellent podcast, which helps me understand the situation. You, Dana, and your guests always provide sharp and witty insight into the historic events unfolding in America. Your keen analysis and engaging guests make listening a pleasure and you consistently provide both entertainment and enlightenment. Sincere thanks as well for having on fellow Canadian Jean Yoon to set things straight about the so-called, quote, trucker protest here in Canada. Those dingbats representing neither Canadians, over 84% fully vaccinated, mind you, nor Canadian truckers who are over 90% fully vaccinated. There's a lot of misinformation about what's going on, so thanks for helping counter that. Hmm. Now, thanks as well for your excellent coverage of the situation in Ukraine, and particularly your interviews with Rachel Vindman. I struggled to think of something that I can do personally to help the people of Ukraine, and I decided to donate a 1000 in honor of MSW Media to UNHCR to provide aid to Ukrainian refugees. That's awesome, Stephen. Oh, well, thanks. Yeah, perhaps my donation will inspire others to support Ukrainian relief efforts. I've also raised my monthly Patreon subscription to a higher tier to support MSW team as it continues to kick all kinds of ass. Keep up the great work. Peace and love from a Canadian friend of the show. Steve, thank you so much. Thanks, Steve. A thousand bucks. That's so amazing. Oh, appreciate you. Um, Finally, we have a submission that just says half a glass of water. As news from Ukraine goes from grim to horrifying to numbing, I feel that people of the Beans Nation, people of the world, can join in this nonviolent response to the violence in Ukraine. Allison, Dana, Amy, please join me in this proposal that we rename the humble porty porty potty the honey bucket, known in England as a portaloo, to now and forever from the San Diego to Shanghai be known as the one and only Putin. Oh, that's there you go. Ah, Putin potty. Putin potty. Go shit in there. Go shit on it. Uh, I, I, my heart, I, you know, I'll, I'll say those for my final thoughts. Okay. There we go. What are your final thoughts? I'm excited. I just, my heart, my, I mean, watching these stories, the, the resolve of this, of the Ukrainian people, my God, they know how to defend democracy. Their democracy is so important to them. And I'm talking grandmothers with Molotov cocktails and like, you know, people, Miss, Miss Ukraine, this like supermodel is picking up arms. I, I must say, and, and I'm sorry, I, I'm not minimizing this. The Ukrainian people are very attractive people. Every time I see a picture of a Ukrainian, doesn't matter age, race, they're, they're a very lovely people. If you're listening in Ukrainian, well done. My heart is with them. They, they are fighting. And, I, and, and I'm so embarrassed with this fucking trucker convoy that's going through DC. Oh, our freedoms, our freedoms. I'm like, you know what? Like they just said, 90% of them are vaccinated. If this is about masks, aren't you in your truck alone for like 12 hours? Like, I just can't even deal with these jackasses when people are dying, literally dying, losing their homes and everything they've worked for in Ukraine as it's being destroyed. So please put things into perspective. Take care of yourselves and your neighbors and just 
do something kind for someone. I'm rambling at this point. I'm so fucking mad about these jackasses. It's hard. It's hard. Um, but yeah, what resolve the Ukrainian people have? I think hopefully we can learn a lesson. I sure hope so. I mean, we've got veterans from the United States military flying over to help fight. That's what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 For reals. I saw that whole piece in the military times. I was like, go buddies. Hell yeah. Incredible. And then we've got some of the, you know, our Leguminati donating money, doing everything they can, setting up these Google Docs to, you know, they were doing it for that women's purpose, but now they're, you know, they're doing it for Ukraine. I have one more bit of good news. You know, I'm going to tell myself for a second. I was in Florida this weekend. I know I made it out. Everything's fine. And I was hosting a gala for an organization called the Child Rescue Coalition. A dear friend of mine is a co-founder. She helped develop a software that catches child predators on the dark web. And I know this is going to be a crazy number. There are over 44 million people in their database trading child porn and abusing children. Now, I know that's a heavy subject. They bring me in because I walk a very fine line between this heavy subject and making people laugh. And I just, I'm very proud that I helped raise over $200,000 for them in the room last night. Nice. Was it a tulip topiary tea? No, but there was a lot of plants and it was really funny because two of them were (laughs) flanking the stage. And I was like, is anyone new to this evening? And there was a big round of applause. And I said, well, good evening. You know, I am your host, Zach Galifianakis, and I am between two ferns. And and then I said, but you know what? I I could have a talk show, except I'm I'm a lesbian. So it would be called Between Two Bushes. There you go. <laughs> That's it. That's oh, my good news for the excellent. week. Wonderful. Wonderful. I'm so glad. Uh, and I just wanted to give a big thank you to everybody who's reached out in support for the incident, the break-in incident that happened last week. Indeed. I just, I don't know where I'd be without all of y'all. So I'm thank so you glad so you're okay. And I'm that. glad that the police showed up as quickly as they did. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad too. And I'm glad I didn't have to use my firearm. Uh, and uh, it could have been a lot worse. Jesus um, Christ. Yeah. Everything. I did everything right. And every... All of the, all of the security I put in um, to keep my ex away, uh, because I, I, for I'll be honest, I was terrified it was my ex, right? Yeah. But all that security that I employed worked. So um, that is what I'm trying to focus on, as opposed to the terror of the situation. Good. And uh, you know, I just want you to know, I am talking to my therapist about it uh, a lot. We're in, we're in a lot of contact about it. So I am, I am taking my own advice. So I just wanted everybody to know. But thank you all for your support, seriously. And we'll be back tomorrow. I'm so happy that you're back, Dana. Uh, And until then, everybody, please take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet and take care of your mental health. I'm Volt Blue over Q. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg and Amy Carrero. Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for the Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. <laughs>